Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Archangels, ghosts, and Bigfoot. Oh, my. It's just another night for Supernatural Girls. Real stories, real answers to life's biggest supernatural mysteries. And now, for another exciting interview with paranormal experts from this world and others. Here's your host, paranormal researcher Patricia Baker, on the one, the only, Supernatural Girls. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I'm here with guess what? Guess who? PK. Patricia Kirkman is back with us. She is almost completely recovered from that horrible jungle fungus she had. So, PK, welcome back to the show. Thank you, darling. Happy to be back. Seems like it's been forever. I know it. I know it. That thing just had a hold of you. Oh, it certainly did. By the seat of the britches. In more (laughs) ways than one. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I know it. Well, last week, as we discussed off the air, we had Paul Blake Smith on, and he was talking about his book, Three Presidents, Two Accidents. And at the end of the show... He was sharing information about the mysterious death of Carol Lombard and how she was killed in a plane crash, and Mm -hmm. it was involving UFOs. He had gotten redacted documents from the government about it. But what was so interesting to us is that her mother was a numerologist like you, and her mother tried to warn her off of that flight. She said, don't get on the plane very dangerous. Don't do it. Don't do it. She did it anyways. And she died. So one of the things you were going to take a look at was Carol Lombard's numbers. And just, again, tell us what you found when you looked at this event. Well, the thing that I found firstly interesting is Carol Lombard was not her real name. Mm -hmm. Her birth name was Jane Alice Peters. And taking a look at that name, it showed me where she had karmic issues or problems, and it made a big difference compared to the name when she chose the name Carol Lombard. And she even added, because of a freak accident, she added the E to Carol somewhere after she chose the name Carol Lombard. So that made a difference in the effect. But uh, Jane Alice Peterson was very hard-headed, loved change, didn't want to bother with details of things and family life wasn't important and it was kind of show me the money and I'm off to do what I want to do. Okay. Oh, that okay. was her. Mm-hmm. But Carol Lombard was very low key, but very creative, 
and wanted to use the creativity and very detailed about it, but did not like change at all. She liked everything to be just right. Family came more to her, but she had a hard time dealing with who she really was and how to work with the financial elements of what she gained because she learned a lot as young as she was when all these things started. But she died at the age of 33, and her mother made reference to the threes in her chart. Well, Mm -hmm. her birthday, she had a seven achievement number, so she was very spiritual in her own right, but she never trusted anything or anybody to just go for it. So taking a look at the age when she passed away, the, the threes were prevalent, but that was also a six. And it was karmic in her birth chart, the uh, sixes, because she had none. The family issues were always an issue. But getting to the flight that she was on, it was a DC-3. Her age was 33. There were 21 people on board besides herself, which would have made 22. But the 21 people that were joining her on the trip. So there you were seeing those threes pop up again. Yes, over and over. sixes pop up, Uh uh-huh. So wow. uh, her mother taught her that three was a very unlucky number. <clears throat> Excuse me. But the thing is, three in numerology really deals with creativity, communications, and it always has a luck factor to it. So I found that very interesting that her mother found this to be very negative for her and basically kind of drilled that into her most of her life. Yeah. Now, Gosh. the fact that Her achievement number was a seven. The plane took off at 7.07 at night. Seven deals with uh, the other side of things. We'll say the spiritual side, uh, fears and fantasies, the delusions, illusions, all of those things represented by seven. But seven's also uh, highly spiritual and also the teacher. So we've got a lot of sevens in her chart and a lot of threes. So it's, but if you put them two together, they end up being a one. It's all about mm. her choices mm-hmm. and her way of doing things. And she insisted on that flight taking off because she wanted to get back to Hollywood to see her husband, Clark Gable. Right. And that was the main reason she pushed that taking place. Had she done what they had asked, they would not even have landed in Vegas to begin with. They would have taken, things would have, the whole thing would have been different. Gosh. So, and the fact that it crashed into the mountains like it did when it was a very normal situation, that they used the one main road from Vegas into California it was kind of like a beacon in its own right. So yeah, exactly. How this happened it was totally a mystery. But three seemed to be an issue in her entire life, as was the number seven. So since she had no sevens in the birth or in the chart itself, when she chose the name Carol Lombard. But prior to that, Jane Peterson had that seven in her chart. But she was very headstrong, and she was going to do it her way. Didn't matter what anybody else said. So even though she took on the new name, there were still fringes of what was behind her. So exactly. flight, 33, yes. I mean, flight 3, age 33, 21 people on board. Again, you're three, and it was a DC-3. That's that's a lot of... A lot of uh, things matching up too many matches yes yes exactly and exactly and it was so interesting that there were so many other trained pilots 
on this plane. That's who she was on well, the they plane all were. with. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, very, and, very true. But apparently but, what the speculation is is that there was a UFO that interfered with the plane's power supply. So they lost control of the plane. And on this, as you mentioned, it was a very clear night. There was no reason for this to happen. There was no weather going on. Just None tragic. That's, yeah. That's but, but I'm going to throw something else to throw a curve into the conversation here. We were t- we've were we talked about the fact that this month's secrets would be made known, did we not? Yes. In the early part of the month. Well, New Jersey just had a sting operation, a child sting of predators, and it was 16 people. Again, that's seven that showed up. Seven mm-hmm. is secrets and secretives. And there's going to be a big to-do coming out of all this. Oh, all right. I think it just hit last night or this morning. I'm not sure which. I think it was yesterday. I take it back. But uh, 16 people, and and the sad part about it is they're people from the clergy to the lawyers to the people in politics. A little bit of everybody, a little bit of everywhere. I'm glad they're cracking down on it. You know, that's oh, the yeah. good part but, is they're cracking down on it. But what a horrible thing to have predators so, lurking in those areas. With, yeah. So let's hope they get them by their, you know, what's this, and hang them off a tree. I agree. Let's hang them, hang them high. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. That's well, there's right. part of the exposure you're talking about. And that's right. I've got to check back. Yeah, well, good, because I've got to check back with our buddies from the Smiley Face. Uh, killing mm-hmm. Detective Gannon and the doc and find out if they've had anything turn up. Cause I know you thought that by April they would have some new information. So I've got to check with them and see if that's come. To I pass. think they do. That would be great. All, All right. right. Well, we're going to find out. We'll report it next week. And I'll also, track up New Jersey sting. Like I said, they're yeah, people of influence, which is making you throw up. Huh. God, really? Well, keep track of that for us. We'll we'll get back to that again, I'm sure, next week with more information. Now, here's a good one. Now, this is on our Paranormal News segment for tonight. And it's also, this is all on our Facebook page. You've got a lot of great paranormal stories there. Be sure to visit us on our Facebook page and like and follow us so you can keep up with all that we're posting. But this was actually on Fox News about the U.S. Navy drafting new guidelines for pilots and other employees to report encounters with unidentified aircraft. Mm-hmm. Finally, the ones they're they saying, don't exist. we got them. Yes, so those, yep. the, the ones we're all having hallucinations about. So the new effort <laughs> comes in response to what they're claiming are more sightings of the unknown, advanced aircraft flying into or near Navy strike groups, or other sensitive military facilities and formations. So there have been a number of reports of unauthorized and or unidentified aircraft entering various military-controlled ranges and designated airspace. So now they want our help. So for safety, they're saying, and security concerns, the Navy and the U.S. Air Force takes this report very seriously and investigates each and every report. Of course, they never get back to us on what they find out, right? They investigate it for themselves, and then they hush it up. I don't even know why we bother talking to them. So, anyways, but as part of this effort, 
the Navy is updating and formalizing the process by which reports of any such suspected incursions can be made to the cognizant authorities. Mm -hmm. So isn't that interesting? They want our help. Okay, sure. (laughs) Well, they're going to hide it once they get it because they're going to be overwhelmed because they're not really anticipating what all they're going to get. Once they've opened Pandora's box, they're going to get information they had not counted on, and it's going to be much deeper and much more involved than they think, which is going to be nice to watch. Yes, and you know, when Andrea Puharic was alive, and he was very involved in all of this stuff with the Navy, he told me way back when that it was the Navy that was the first one to be involved with UFOs, and I found that fascinating. I was thinking, well, why not the Air Force? But it was the Navy who has apparently been involved in all types of paranormal things. So there you have it. Here they are back again. They want us to report I don't see any point in it, but <laughs> maybe well, some people will. You never know, sweetheart. You just never, never know. know. That's right. That's right. Surprise, so tonight. Surprise. Yeah, really. It is a surprise. Tonight we have a terrific guest. We are going to be talking about how to create your magical life with Eric Raspold. Now, Eric is fascinating in and magical in and of himself. He's a published author. He is a popular speaker and has dedicated his entire life to the promotion of spiritual truth in all paths, recognizing the worth and merit of all traditions as a personal search for one's creator, one's purpose, and one's role on earth. So the goal is to provide meaning and peace while enjoying the benefit of the human condition as we all walk this land together. Now, Eric has a Ph.D. in Religious Studies and a BBA with Concentration in Economics and has created and headed several successful nonprofit organizations as well as private business concerns. Now, he and his wife, who we love, who's been on our show, Mm -hmm. Katrina Rathbold, are the co-creators of the Cusp Spiritual Tradition which is now practiced worldwide and has been in practice for over 20 years. This method uses the energies associated with all phases of agricultural cycles, farming, and it's in harmony with the natural seasonal tendencies of humans. So we can take command of all this, but we also have to be in sync with the rhythms of life. So tonight is going to be a great show because we're going to learn how to blend in with all of this, and how to create this magical life. So, Eric, welcome to the show. Thank you, Patricia. I appreciate being here. Yeah, this is great. Now, how did you get into the magical life process? I mean, what was it that drew you into this? Well, um, first I want to say that was a a wonderful introduction. Thank you for that. And uh, listening to it, I'm like, wow, how can I get involved in that? And I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) You are it. (laughs) Uh, What first drew me to that? Well, I've got to say that some of my earliest memories, being a child, uh, found me sitting up late at night when everyone else had gone to bed contemplating one of the one of the two big questions we all have that's the whence we come and whither we go 
And for me, being a child of, I mean, I'm talking five, six years old, you know, it's the, the whence we come uh, was much more important to me. You know, the idea of, you know, why do I see through my eyes? Why do I think my thoughts? You know, what is this body I'm inhabiting? I could feel a separation between what I would consider to be me and myself, my thoughts as separate from this body. You know, it kind of started like that. Wow. Um, and that really, you know, I can, I can remember so clearly uh, those nights, you know, usually sitting in a closet. I had a twin brother, okay? So I had to separate oh. myself from him because, you know, twins are, they're always together. <laughs> separate out from him and just try to, you know, really think about things with absolutely no real understanding uh, or education to speak of that would prompt me to think of these things. Um, but think about them nevertheless. Uh, did I arrive at any conclusions? No, but it definitely gave me uh, an ability to form questions concerning these things and these feelings. That's kind of so this started. wasn't something that your parents were into, any particular Wiccan or spiritual path. This is just something that you came to on your own at a very young age. Ab- absolutely not. My, my parents were devout Catholics. Um, if my mother did not have children, uh, she would have been a nun. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. So she, she uh, suffice to say, she missed her calling, I guess, by actually having children. Um, but uh, there was no room for any kind of uh, inquest or inner exploration that existed outside of the liturgy and the Bible and the Roman Catholic Church. Um, these things were not encouraged or even spoken of. I mean, it had no existence in my home. So it was very strange for me to be wondering these things, at least in retrospect, I feel, to be wondering these things without a frame of reference uh, to anchor to, to even question about these things. Yeah. Eric, yeah, was, uh, did your brother, uh, was he an identical twin? My brother was a fraternal twin. Is I okay. What was what was his first name? Out of curiosity, Edward. Edward. So she kept the E's up front. Interesting. Yeah. Are you are you mm. doing some numerological thing on us right now? <laughs> yes. Just a little bit. I get curious. I can't help it. But I I could ask you your month and day of birth if you wanted to tell me. Yeah, it's uh, the thirteenth of November. Okay. Ah, you did have issues with mother. <laughs> She's a very strong-willed family person. Yes. Yes, she was. She was, and uh, died too young. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, she did a good job with you and your brother, that's for sure. She gave a lot to this world. Um, mm-hmm. and she's missed by many, countless people. That's uh, an incredible story I'd love to tell, but... I think this is not the forum for that, but, uh, yeah, we miss her very much. Mm. Well, you've got a lot that you've got to share with us because there's so much information coming from you and around you. Uh, you're, the, you're the one that carries the heavy load in the family by the, your given name at birth because you're always seeking for something different and making major changes. You don't oh, accept that, anything. Yeah. It's just bland and quiet. That has been the story of my life for sure. Uh, you know, we have many periods of uh, sudden and complete change uh, in, especially where it concerns employment. Um, mm-hmm. 
You don't sit but still for anything, though. Yeah. You need that change because all those changes that you've made are what's gifting us with the information you have to share with us now. It has definitely given me a, uh, a nice breadth of experience, taking me all over the world, uh, all over the country into different fields and surrounded by different kinds of people, different classes of people, for lack of a, a better word, mm-hmm. um, from different backgrounds. And it's been, it's been invaluable in my experience, uh, even at my relatively young age. So. Gosh, how exciting. So now well, it's going to be we exciting to see I was going to say to see what you're going to put out before this year is over because you have something that uh, is there some a new book coming out or something because I'm picking up something that's being put out there for the rest of us. Uh Katrina has a new book coming out. Um mm-hmm. I we haven't contemplated writing another book together yet. Uh, we have many, <laughs> so, um, coming. but, uh, that, I'm sorry. It's coming. There's something coming. Another book is yep. what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely coming. The question is when it, it will be within the next year and a half that you'll have something out or ready to go out or starting to put it out. That is that is definitely possible. Um, a lot of our self-published works were written in uh, 2013, 2014, and even though that was you know five and six years ago, there's been a lot, a lot that has changed, a lot that has happened in that short time. Mm-hmm. So maybe time for another uh, another book. Yeah. Well, you you and Katrina, yeah, that's you guys are successful, and and that's what's so exciting tonight is to talk to you about. How you create, because you're a master creator. You and Katrina both are master creators. And you also just recently opened a gorgeous new store. So tell us the name of it and where it is in case some of our listeners are in your area. Okay, it's called Crossroads. And it is located in Shingle Springs, California, which is approximately 30 miles due east of Sacramento. And the purpose of this store, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, it, you did, you manifested all of this really kind of quickly because all of a sudden there was a change out of one situation and then in, in just a matter of weeks, all of a sudden you had this place, you were unpacking boxes and the store was set up, pictures were posted on Facebook, everything looked beautiful, it was done. I mean, that's well, a, uh, an uh, amazing creation that you did in a very short a little- period of time. A little bit of history. Uh, when Katrina and I first met, um, which is an interesting story in and of itself, I'm, I'm sure she's told you, but uh, we can recount it if you like. But uh, one of the things that we used to love to do, uh, especially when we didn't have a lot of money, okay, uh, is to go around to metaphysical stores and look through the books and look at the crystals and just feel the energy that was in there, you know, and it was so peaceful and pure and conducive to a way of life that we wanted to live, that one of our longstanding dreams was to open a beautiful shop where people could come in and we could offer them that same feeling of peace and tranquility and oneness and, uh, you know, purpose, that type of thing. Uh, And we went through a few iterations of stores uh, to finally arrive on this one. Um, the one we came from in the past, we were actually uh, 
uh, vendors in an existing place. We didn't have our own place. Um, so, yeah, things kind of aligned very quickly to have us out of that place and into this one. Just, I mean, a magical manifestation for sure. You know, we had, by that time of, you know, so many years having transpired of uh, knowing what the exact environment is that we wanted for ourselves, to manifest that was, was a pretty simple matter because we were exceedingly clear on what it is that we wanted. Okay, does that make sense? Or well, mm-hmm. it does, and I think it's one of the things to talk to us about tonight is how important is that? Because you guys were super clear. You manifested it very quickly. So that is a very important component of magical manifestation. Oh, ab- absolutely. There, it is mm-hmm. the principal component, uh, the most important one. Um, you know, without, without the initial inspiration and thought, uh, there can be nothing really to direct your action uh, or even base further thinking upon. You know, it's really the intent, the will to manifest is the very foundation itself that all workings, magical or not, uh, depend on. And that is one of, the, uh, one of the focuses that we put out to people when we're teaching any kind of magical working, any kind of spiritual operation always begins with a very clear stated goal. Now, is it important to write it down, or is it just important to have it as a clear intent in your mind? I think it depends on the person, the practitioner. Uh, if they believe that it's going to help to write it down so that they remember it, uh, you know, and have it ingrained into their mind uh, in some way, then for that person it's definitely uh, a thing to do to write it down. Yeah. Okay. Because I'm very lazy and I don't like to write it down. So. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm the same way. Too. I'm I'll, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm the same way. Yeah. I'm good. <laughs> now I feel better. Okay, all three of us feel the same way. Yeah, and, you know, so that's good. I'm glad I'm off the hook on that one. I don't have to write it down. Now, what are the other tenets that you teach people about how to magically manifest? Because, again, we've talked about this ad nauseum on the show about how to create what you want. And, again, people feel like failures if they're not able to make it happen right away. And we don't want anybody to feel that like a failure. We want people to just know what to do next to keep the energy moving in the right direction. So, right. again, what what do you suggest to people? What do you teach people about magical manifestation? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing that we teach is, you know, based off of what you said, uh, we don't believe in failure, okay? Uh, you either manifest it is what it is that you want or succeed or reach a goal, however you want to put it, or you learn, okay? You never really fail. Um, you know, anyone that is successful in life, uh, and I've, I'll put myself in this category, we know what it is to lose. We know what it is to fail. And to take that experience and learn from it so that you can try again next time is really the key uh, to everything, really the key to getting everything you wanted in life. Um, we do not really hold fast to a lot of dogmatic tenets, okay? Uh, just like, uh, you know, a, a piece of dogma might be uh, having to write down your intention, having to write down mm-hmm. your goal. 
you know, this people might offer that up and, well, you've got to do this. You have to do this or else, you know, X, Y, Z, it may not uh, work as effectively. We never bought into that kind of thing. Uh, mm-hmm. We think that everyone is individual. Their methods of manifestation are individual. And what we offer up as a practice of practical manifestation through the cusp philosophy, okay, is something that a person from any background or any religious conviction or any type of spirituality can adhere to because it follows the natural processes and rhythms of nature, okay? So, you know, the whole idea of having to follow a specific formula uh, as you know, you may have uh, read through ceremonial magicians' works. Um, Aleister Crowley comes to mind always because everything mm-hmm. in there is very yes. rigid and very coordinated. Um, that you know that may work for some people. I mean, there's I, I have no problems with that. I don't look down on that. Uh, but for us, that has never been the way to manifestation. It was more free form and flowing, you know, and uh, sometimes in the moment, but always with that focus on where you were during that cycle, during that cusp cycle, so that all of your thoughts could kind of flow into that. You know, we can get into the into the cycle if you want, so that makes a little more sense. Uh, yeah, and also mm-hmm. you're talking that about good. A, a spiral. So it's a spiral path because... A lot of times when people talk about magical manifestation, it's a straight line. It's an you know it's an arrow piercing the target. But the way you you describe the cusp tradition, it sounds more like it's following a spiral path. Can you talk to us about that? Absolutely. So as you uh, wind around the cycle of the year, using the energy of the natural cycles to achieve your uh, stated ends, you don't ever arrive back in the same place. You know, every time we have a new year or every time you have a birthday or whatever point, basically another trip around the sun, you're not back in the same place you started from. You are a level higher because you've learned so much throughout that year. You've gained so much knowledge uh, and so much insight into yourself and your environment and how energy works that you're not back. You're not just walking around the same circle endlessly until you die. So to give a visual of that ascension, we adopted the image of the helical spiral, ever ascending, as it were. I like that. Don't you, PK? It's, yeah, it's a lot more, um, I want to say, gentle. And it allows yeah. you to be more gentle with yourself, because if you don't manifest something right away, then you don't go beat yourself up about it, but you just keep going. And I like what you're saying, that there is no failure. You're, if you don't create what you want, then you're learning. So there's always a benefit in this. And, and I so, always... And uh, built, I'm sorry, I just want to say, I also believe in uh, you know karma and reincarnation. Okay, so the spiral really helps to visualize that even things that you don't achieve in this life, okay, when you return, you may be put upon that path upon occasion to continue where you have left off. That's kind of how I like to see things. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Feels good. It yeah, does. It, it does. Mm-hmm. Now, when you teach this cusp spiritual tradition is this something that you teach also online or do people have to be at your store and and take a class in person how do you offer this well 
for the holidays of the year, uh, if people want to really get into how that works and how that plays out in your life to bring about manifestations, of course we have you know we have our book, okay, Climbing Up the Spiral Pathway, which is available at uh, uh, Amazon. Um, we also have a website. It is thecuspway.com, and in there we will post information about. Uh, the holiday that is prevailing at the time, like right now we're transitioning from the vernal equinox into Beltane, and there'll be information about that and how to apply that to your life. So if someone went to the website, they'd be able to see the past holidays and what we did for those things and how they worked out and you know how they're applicable to, uh, to everyone that's trying to bring about beneficial change. So the, the place that we're at right now, from the vernal equinox into Beltane, what's the energy? What what should be, we be doing and working with right now? Well, the energy of the spring equinox, of course, is the planting. Okay, and now you've already spent some time in uh, contemplation over the winter solstice, the dark of the year, going internally, just like the sun kind of goes away from our from our physical world, right? And you're spending a lot of uh, time internally trying to figure out or get the inspiration of what it is that you want or need in your life. You know, sometimes you have a very clear idea of what you want. Not always do we have a clear idea of what we need. So that time is spent in that uh, meditative introspection. Then we pass through a period of uh, confirmations and redirects, and this is during bulk when we uh, look to the universe or to the creator or to whatever higher power we have to determine if whether or not the things we have set our sights upon to manifest are indeed that which is going to be good and healthy for us to bring about in this coming planting cycle. At the spring equinox, you have received the confirmations or redirects, and you are actually physically planting uh, this thing to be manifested or things to be manifested at the end of the harvest. We do that internally through meditative practice and energy movement and sending that out. We also do it physically with the physical planting of a seed that we are then going to have to care for through the agricultural cycle. Moving into Beltane, Beltane, of course, is the fertilization. That's the, the real quickening. That's when the activity really starts, okay, the joining of the positive and negative energies together to make the electricity and move the current of things toward that uh, that goal. So that's the energy we're in right now. We've planted it in the ground, and we have faith and all the promise in the world that it is going to be made to manifest because we've done all the right things. Beltane is really putting that male and female positive and negative energy into it. So it's a perfect time to bring forth whatever we want to manifest. And, of course, we may still be in that learning process, rather than in the manifestation process. How do you recommend people identify their blocks? Something isn't coming to be the way they want it to. What's the best way to do that? To identify their blocks? Uh, Yeah, because there's got to be something in the way. Like, for example, somebody is looking to manifest um, financial security, and it's it's been up and down for them for a long time, but they want to feel they've got savings in the bank. They have the security that they've missed in their lifetime. And so they use this period to manifest it, but it's still not happening. So what would you, how would you work with that person over this? 
Well, uh, I would have to look at you know what they're what they're physically doing. Um, it's the crux of our teaching is, and this isn't to lay blame at anyone for doing the wrong thing, but the crux of the teaching is to match your physical actions with your mental desires. Okay, you know, a yeah. lot of times I've I've found in in the spiritual past, especially with any kind of paganism is that people will spend a lot of time, a lot of energy and focus, and literally get nosebleeds over concentrating and willing something into existence, but not follow through with their actions, okay, the, the real mm-hmm. physical actions. That's one of the reasons we practice cusp in the way we do with the physical actions matching what you're thinking and feeling and wanting internally. To give you that whole as above, so below, uh, mindset in all things. Um, so I'd want to talk to that person and see, you know, how is it they're focusing? How is it that they are uh, moving this energy and releasing it out? And how are they following through with their actions? Uh, not to judge them, um, but to just maybe give them some ideas or maybe cause them to think in a direction they have mo- may not have thought of before that to where their blocks will, will reveal themselves to them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I can't know as much about another person's life as, as they can know about their own for sure. So we just try to nudge them in directions where their mysteries will reveal themselves to themselves. Does that make sense? It does. And yes, okay. I mean, I know I, in, in my past life when I was a therapist, I used to work with people about money issues and a lot of my clients had money issues and it just seemed like the the smallest token in the direction of what they wanted to create would help make that creation for example savings well if you have 25 cents to put aside every week for savings that's saving so it begins to create that energy and i think that's important for people especially in magical translation to see that that is an energetic transference that as small as it is is still energy and it's still creating what you want so is that kind of what you're talking about also yeah and i mean a lot of it comes to it's kind of like life coaching now when you say a past life as a therapist do you literally mean a past life no i mean <laughs> i mean a, to... this life okay. long ago her other life she wore her yeah. other shoes it, it is like called Supernatural Girls, okay. so I, I didn't know yeah. what we were really getting into here. Um, well, but, uh, yes, you know, any any way that you might be able to create in someone's life a, even the tiniest bit of energy that might be conducive to that thing they want to make manifest is going to be helpful. Okay, I, absolutely. I mean, a person that is looking for, like, say they want to change careers, Okay, and, you know, they're a mailman and what they really want to do is be a lawyer or something like that. You know, somebody might jump up and say, well, why don't you just go to law school? You know, well, that's a hell of a leap from where that person might be to just say up and go to law school. Whereas, you know, you might be able to begin to create that energy by suggesting some books on uh, legal discourse or legal philosophy for them to read to kind of mm-hmm. increase that energy in, in their life. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yes. yes. It's like the okay. 25 cents of savings. I mean, that's, that's something that's anything that can bring about that energy into their life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Mm-hmm. 
Yes. Okay. That's good. I and mean, then- my, my own life, my own life reflects that. Um, you know, we wanted, I wanted, I mean, of course we wanted together, but I wanted a life where the things that I was doing with spirituality and the things that might bring me somehow closer to answering that first question I had as a child, you know, the whence we come and whither we go, to get me in touch with my creator. I needed a life that was going to allow me to absolutely put myself 100% into that environment, which came in the form of this store that I am now sitting and talking to you in. Okay, but to do that, I had to go through an awful lot of slowly and methodically bringing that energy more and more into my life to make that happen. So you kept the focus on it. This was kind of like your primary directive, it sounds like. So this is always with you. You're always keeping that primary thought. Is that what you're saying? It it was with me when I was, you know, uh, in Desert Storm. It was with me when I was running construction companies. It was with me uh, doing all the necessary things I needed to do to maintain a household, raise a family, and keep food on the table. You know, that, that search has always been at the forefront of my mind, you know, and, and it begins my day with meditation on that, and it ends my day with meditation on that every day. Yeah. Terrific. Well, this is, again, a great amount of information for everybody listening tonight. If you have a question for Eric, you can call in at 563-999-3539. Again, that's 563-999-3539. Now, blocks are there for a lot of people. Clearly, if you're not manifesting what you want, there's something in the way for some reason. And you, you did say... You want to be open to, if there are blocks, and to reveal themselves to you. So how do these things come to consciousness with the people you work with? Is it through meditation, through dreams, through journaling? What do you, again, what do you see happens with people when they're open to this? I think when people are open to it, a lot of times the nature of the block will just come spontaneously. It seems like if you are focused on, a, you know, not understanding why you're being blocked in this, if you are just focused on that, it's very elusive. You know, it's like your mm-hmm. shadow, you know. <laughs> it yeah. follows you when you run and flees when you chase it, that type of thing. Um, <laughs> we, do have a, uh, uh, we do have a number of our fixed candles that are magical candles that may assist in removing these blocks or help you contemplate the nature of these blocks. So sometimes things like that can help. Uh, journaling, absolutely. Dreams, definitely. Um, you know, there may be symbology within dreams uh, that come out that uh, you may not interpret, but other people may, that are skilled in interpreting that type of thing, it may reveal itself that way. Uh, a lot of times people will find when they do understand the nature of the block that the real reason even behind that, whatever the nature of that block might be, is that it, for some reason, for some reason they were not in the right place at the right time to have this thing manifest in their lives. And it's some, in some instances, especially in my own life, you know, we have seen where if that would have happened at that time, that it would have been a bad thing. It would have been a net negative versus where I am now. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
Uh huh. That makes a lot of sense. That really that does. Really but we're gonna... go ahead. That really helps. I'm sorry. I was going to say when when something like that, when you see that after you know many many iterations of the years, you really begin to just trust the process. You know, at first it's it's uh, it's very easy to say, well, why isn't this happening? What's going on? I must be doing something wrong. But after year after year after year of being revealed the reason things were going wrong and understanding why that was and going through that process, you just kind of get to a place where you can pull back and really begin to trust that process. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. And we have to talk more about your very special candles. Those things have a lot of mojo in them. I love your candles. So we're going to take a very short commercial break and come back and talk about how you work with these candles. First of all, how you make them, because those are some darn powerful candles. And so we're going to talk about that and how people can also buy them and use them. And we are just going to listen to a few commercials here. Take a very short commercial break. You are listening to Supernatural Girls Radio. We will be right back. Pure essential oils, specialized minerals, and a revolutionary anti-aging technology. Astridium combines the best of all scientifically proven ingredients in easy-to-use creams, lotions, and concentrated serums. Astridian's advanced line of products take your skin to a new level of being healthy and beautiful. We offer a variety of collections that address all your skin concerns. The Essential Anti-Aging Series treats and moisturizes your skin for a long-lasting, younger look. The Multivitamin Series promotes healthy skin with high-quality vitamins and minerals. The Sports Series restores skin from cellular damage and stress. Astridian also offers a revitalizing solution for hair and a professional series for doctors and medical spas. Visit astridian.love today and begin your new journey to healthy, beautiful, youthful skin. Astridian, beyond your expectations. Are you ready for a new experience of freedom and powerful connection? Would you like a positive, effortless change in your life? Then come to CosmicFusion.com, where we offer the most advanced energy clearing and expansion techniques in the world with a quantum vortex energy to activate your divine blueprint and life's purpose. When your soul leads the way with cosmic fusion and quantum vortex energy, you can break clear of past difficulties and blocks with the power of the source. With Cosmic Fusion, the source energy does the work for you. It's easy and effortless. Listen to our free meditation right from our Cosmic Fusion website, the Cosmic Code Meditation. Sign up for one of our interactive webinars today. Come to Cosmic Fusion, www.kosmicfusion.com to experience an effortless awakening and transformation. Are you ready for an upgrade? Are you ready for a new experience of living in the fifth dimensional magic and powerful connection? Then visit CosmicFusion.com today. CosmicFusion.com Your property tax bill. Have you seen it lately? It's frightening. Your property taxes are going up while your home value is going down. It's time to fight back and win. 
For the real truth about the property tax system, get attorney Pat Quintilian's book, Are You Getting Screwed on Your Property Taxes? How to Find Out and How to Fix It. Attorney Quintilian answers all your questions and gives you the facts you need to fight a property tax bill that is spiraling out of control. You'll also read about what happens to property owners who don't check their property records, only to find out too late they're taxed on square footage, fixtures, and even buildings that they don't own. Is this happening to you? Learn your rights. Buy Attorney Pat Quintilian's book today. Are you getting screwed on your property taxes? How to find out and how to fix it. Available on Amazon.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Supernatural Girls Radio. I'm your host, Patricia Baker. I am here with PK, who is feeling so much better, and our terrific guest tonight, Eric Raspold. We are talking about how to create your magical life. And we have to get back to those candles, Eric. How do, how do you make them? They're so powerful. I'm glad you like them, uh, Patricia. I appreciate that a lot. Uh, these candles, this was probably when we were first starting out in our own shop. We had a, uh, a vendor space down at a local swap meet here. Um, we carried the, you know, the usual things, the books, the tarot cards, the statues and things like that. But we really wanted something that would help people direct their energy toward manifestation and would also incorporate our energy into that candle's working. So it was almost as if when someone buys this candle, they are working their magic in concert with our own that we put into the candle, okay? And uh, mm-hmm. so we came up with uh, a number of things. Uh, we call them fixed candles, but a number of common things that people want in their life. We were talking earlier about blockages. Okay, we have a couple of candles that deal specifically with removing those blockages and making sure that your way is open. A lot of people want money. They want savings. They want a job. They want love. Uh, they want to increase their psychic awareness, things of that nature that are, that are pretty common. You know, they want people out of their lives. They want uh, a myriad of things to happen. And chances are we have a candle that's going to be specific to or very close to what it is they want to, to bring about. And you also do custom candles. We do, we do. We've done a, we've done a lot of memorial candles uh, for people to mm-hmm. bring in uh, images or pictures, uh, you know, and put prayers on them. Um, people will have specific needs. A uh, good example is uh, uh, maybe someone has a relative that's having some difficulty with uh, INS. Okay, uh, you know, mm-hmm. so we can make a candle specific to help their crossing or their acceptance into the United States. We've gotten a number of requests for that and have actually started carrying a couple candles that are specific to it. Uh, We've gotten a lot of requests for different saints, uh, things we haven't heard of, uh, in fact, uh, which has been a really educational experience. Um, I remember the first time we had requested, uh, a lady came in asking for uh, a candle called Husto Hues, and I didn't know what that was, uh, until we learned about it, it means the just judge, and there's a specific candle for, uh, or excuse me, a specific saint for uh, administration of legal matters uh, that is called the just judge, and, and you know we put that candle together for, it, and that's been one of uh, one of the better sellers for uh, uh, rectifying legal matters in your yes. favor, of course. Yeah. Yes. You know, Eric, you 
you're mentioning about the different uh, saints or different things to use. Many people have no idea what's available. Have you thought of listing these and adding to them as new information is given to you about uh, who or what? Be it a saint or uh, some some part of the uh, working with the candles? Um, have we thought of generating a list? Is that what you're asking? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, I'll be honest and say no. <laughs> <laughs> well, do no, you have probably, a list on your That's probably website. a very good idea. Um, a lot of people, um, so our focus, if you want website, to call it. Right? I'm sorry? Just before we go on to that, there, the list of candles that you do have, except for the very newest ones, are on your website. Right. I, right? Yes. Well, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is many times, like he said, this person's looking for a specific uh, person that would help through the legal aspects of things. John Q. Public would have no idea that even such a thing could exist. If it does, does that's what I'm saying, adding the additional things that come up that people are asking for that I wouldn't have thought about it. Now that you're mentioning it, I'm thinking, gee, I wish I knew someone or a saint that could work in that position. I, that I understand sense? what you're what you're saying. Absolutely, that makes sense. That's probably a really good idea to do because there are so there are a countless number of saints uh, out there. I mean, you know, you have the more recognized ones, but what what's cool about the saints is even if a person isn't Catholic. Okay, which traditionally right. uses the saints, um, they can still utilize the energy that has been imbued in these saints from mm-hmm. countless believers to assist them in in their matters. Um, you know, I think that that is uh, a great energy to ride on, and that's one of the reasons why we do have the saint candles that we do, uh, is for that particular reason. And it's been a wonderful learning process for myself and Katrina, you know, to really dive into that. Yeah, so it probably would be a good idea to maybe have a a huge list of saints and what they do, and then when someone, if they want to order a candle, we can specifically make that one for them, because carrying <laughs> that many candles, well, we'd probably oh, fill we up would, all you know. of our, our square footage here with nothing but candles. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I, I think really. just the idea sometimes <laughs> a person's very, very lost and they don't have a direction to go to, and they, as this person did, someone that deals with legal, I would never have thought of a saint for something that's legal. Right. Absolutely. It definitely is. Uh, it behooves us to to give people as many directions as possible. That's a good idea. Yeah. Now, where can they buy your candles if they can't go to your store? They're not nearby. Should they just go to Two Sisters Botanica to buy them? Uh, they can go there, or they can go directly to the store's website, which is CrossroadsOccult.com. Oh, that's even easier to remember. Okay. Yeah, Crossroads Occult. Mm-hmm. Uh, Two Sisters Botanica has become a product line uh, for us. The, oh, okay. the store was called that, but when we came into this store here, Crossroads was uh, definitely more apropos to the meeting of the different spiritual faiths that are within the, the building as, as a label. So, mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so CrossroadsOccult.com, and you can That's order it. the candles there and other things. You have incense and you have little magic mojo bags and, and things like that, oils also. So we do. A we, lot make, of we make the incenses, we make the oils, we make just about everything here that's not uh, uh, printed material or statuary. 
So it's all all handmade and uh, imbibed with lots of uh, good energy that is directed toward what the particular item is for and can be guaranteed to, uh, you know, give you that lift you need in your magical working for sure. You also do something called a setting of the lights. So if somebody wanted you to burn a candle for them, you can also do that, which is an interesting concept. That is. That is something that we do here. Uh, We have a special room and a special altar set aside just for that purpose. Uh, A lot of times people want, they want something done that's going to help them, but they also want the added energy of the the practitioner, one of either me or my wife, to really assist directly in that process. Um, And that is a really wonderful thing to do. You know, so we, we have the setting of the lights, and we'll bring the candles back here. We'll bless them. We'll light them. We'll monitor them. You know, we'll uh, add our energy to it. You know, to do this, we've often talked to the client in a bit of detail as to exactly what it is that we want. Uh, so that energy will go into it as well. And then when the candle is extinguished, we're able to give a report to the client of how the candle burned, what are any uh, prognostications we may have gotten off of the uh, residues left behind by either the smoke or the glitter, um, and just give them an idea of how the working went. That's fabulous. And obviously I think there's a lot of power in when two or more are gathered. So what about if you do a setting of the lights and the person also has their own candle at home? So something like that could even amp it up even more, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that um, the more, well, I don't want to always say the more tools, the better. Um, (laughs) But definitely, if it is going to increase your focus uh, and increase your faith, uh, you know, which is our our two prime energy movers within human beings, uh, to do that, then, yeah, that would certainly amp it up a lot. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful opportunity to you know, have engage your help and then also keep their own focus. It's, there's just lots of ways to go with that. And, again, there's something very special about all of these magical objects that you've put together and offered to people. This, these are candles unlike any others I've ever seen before or used before. So I, I highly recommend your entire line to our audience. They're, they're really good. They're reasonably price they're very affordable so i think crossroads occult.com take a visit take a trip over there if you can if you're if you're nearby you get to go to the store but going online and taking a look at all of those those objects will help so tell us more about the process of manifestation in your life and in katrina's life because we're trying to learn from you how do you create this and we have some semblance of this now given what you've shared. Um, but, you know, you're, you're obviously very open to kind of going with the flow, learning along the way. What other tips do you have for people? Well, I think the biggest thing that has helped us manifest what we want in our lives is just an unfaltering, unerring, concentrated focus on exactly what it is we want to bring in. You know, everything that we experience around that will always point back to that focus, okay? Um, I've studied a lot of different religions, a lot of different spiritual paths. Uh, Some have been more efficacious than others. 
but the ones that were of benefit all relied on that unceasing, pointed, one-track focus on what you what you wanted. You know, for uh, for some people, that one-track pointed focus is uh, the understanding of the Creator and their purpose, right? And uh, you know, you'll have uh, even you know of the big three religions. You know, look at Islam; they stop five times a day to just focus on God. How powerful is that, right? When the Sufi mm-hmm. dances their counterclockwise whirling dervish dance, which I have done myself. And it puts you into that ecstatic trance where your only thought is God. How, how powerful is that? You know, those are the kinds of things that will not just attract a like energy. I'm not, I'm not sure how much credence I put in, you know, the, the like attracts like. It, it definitely is there. But I wouldn't rely on that solely. But a strange thing happens when your focus is so strong on a particular thing. Anything that comes into your observation uh, or into your, uh, your sensory perception or into your dreams or into your thoughts that has something to do with that particular thing you're focused on or has something to do that may be conducive to bringing about that thing that you're focused on, you're going to notice that, okay? It's kind of right. like driving down the freeway, you know, there may have been a bunch of you know, Volvo XC70s on the road, but you didn't notice all of them until you bought one for yourself. Now all of a sudden mm-hmm. they're everywhere, right? <laughs> you know, that happens a lot. And there's a term for this, and I cannot, it's escaping me at the moment what it's called. Um, but, uh, you know, just having that focus lets you notice all of these other things that are going to help you out along the way. A person that might help you. You know, that type of thing. You might notice a person. You know, they might feel a certain way to you because your mind is so dead set on these things you want to manifest, and you know this person is going to help you do it. So you form a relationship with this person. You talk to them. You listen to them. You're interested in them. That opens doors. Things like that. That's really been the key to manifestation and never giving up, never giving up. Like I said in the in the pre-show there when we were talking People see me and Katrina here living the dream. They see two people that have been married for over 20 years that literally spend their lives together in a beautiful shop on a beautiful mountain uh, in, you know, every kind of spiritual wonderment, you know, that, uh, that people could ever want in their lives. But what they don't see is the decades of hard-won progress and slow steps taken toward this goal the struggle, the toil, the failure, the tears, the hardship, they don't see any of that, you know, and we've been able to push through all of that because of that focus, that steadfast, diehard focus. That is really the key. And it sounds, you know, uh, mundane to say that, but uh, it's the same key that every great athlete, every great musician, uh, every uh, every great leader has, has really had and kept throughout their lives. And you've done all of this while raising six children. My God. <laughs> yes, yes, I. I and still in love I, with I each other is a miracle. <laughs> yeah. And what's that? I said, and still in love each other is a miracle. <laughs> you know, and that's a, that's a funny thing because, um, yeah, there was. I, I did have a household of eight on sergeant's pay. Okay, I do know what that's mm-hmm. like. Um, and and much, much worse than that. But I will say that for Katrina and I, um, the moment we met, we knew. 
Okay. Mm. You want to talk about real manifestation? I'll, I'll give you a little a little story. Okay. Yeah. Um, please. When I was when I was in the Air Force, I was I was 19 years old. Okay. And you know, kids grow up quick in war is is a saying. Okay. So. You know, mm-hmm. you really get yourself involved in uh, in people's lives, you know, your brothers, your your military comrades. And, you know, there are a lot of people that are older than you. You know, they're married. They have kids. It gives you a really good opportunity to learn from other people's mistakes. And, man, do you see a lot of mistakes in family life when you're in the military, okay? <laughs> Anyone out there that's listening that's been in the military is familiar with the phrase, what goes TDY stays TDY, okay? So, you know, that's um, – I've seen a lot of homes broken up, a lot of errors made, a lot of infidelity, and I really wanted to find a way for myself to bypass all of that noise, okay? And so I set aside a tarot card that I used as my focus. I wanted a wife, okay? I didn't want to go through a lot of game playing. I didn't want to go through a a lot of minutiae that's involved with finding this person, courting them, deciding whether or not you like them. Now, do you love them? Do you want to, you know, settle down with all that stuff? You know, I just wanted it to come to me. And this tarot card that I picked was the Queen of Cups, okay? Mm. And, uh, you know, the Queen of Cups in that traditional Rider Waite deck just uh, represented to me all of the things that I wanted in a wife. You know, and after night after night of having this card on my altar and praying and meditating and burning whatever incenses I could find. You're kind of limited in, in, in an Air Force barracks, what you can do. Uh, but <laughs> really? doing just about everything I could to focus on bringing about that person that was going to be my, my one and only wife, okay, not six months later is when I met Katrina. And the moment we met, we knew. We, we saw it all. And, it was, and there was never any doubt, not for a minute. It was, it was the weirdest thing. And we're still here. So when you talk about, you know, loving through all that, that was our foundation. Yeah. You know, it was, it was as solid right. and as quick as that and ready for uh, the temple to be built upon because the foundation was never in question. Okay. That's fabulous. Yeah. Tremendous. Yes. And that yeah. right there, definitely, when that happened to me, as unlikely as that was to happen, um, that's when I knew that, you know, the ability to manifest something incredible was absolutely real. And, you know, of course, the old saying, if I can do it, anyone can, right? That's true. That's <laughs> yeah. Absolutely true. Amazing. That's beautiful. So now you're talking again about, I'm just going to go back to the cusp, spiritual tradition, which is something you both created, you and Katrina. Now, if somebody wanted to study this with you, is it a period of time that it takes to study and master, or do you just become a member of this group? And like you said, you check into the different seasons and see what's happening, what energies are in the works at that time. I mean, how does this all take place is my question. Well, uh, if, if someone is local, we do have open circles here on the premises. Okay. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, Oh, absolutely, uh, and we do celebrate the uh, the eight high holidays, which um, their alignment with uh, Wicca and some other paths. That's not an accident, um, but they can come and and celebrate with us here. Uh, we have, uh, of course, we have our book that's written about it, and the website, which you know details the the holidays and what is occurring in the present year. 
Um, and as I'm saying that, I'm hoping that it's updated. <laughs> Because <laughs> we actually we, uh, we were kind of late on the the vernal equinox, and now we're going to be early on our Beltane, which is actually this Saturday, uh, for uh, for scheduling reasons. But as long as we're close to the energy, it's all good. Um, but the book, the website, and being here is probably the best way. There's no, we don't have any rules of uh, of you know you have to do this or do that or spend X amount of time or you know, level one, two, three, or anything like that. It's it's all about really understanding the relationship between spiritual manifestation and physical manifestation and mirroring your internal desires with the activities of your hands and your mouth and your body uh, in the real world to bring these things about. Uh, if you understand that and have followed that through a cycle or two, well, then you understand the cusp process. It's really as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's very exciting, and it's mm-hmm. easy. We like easy. We like it when it's easy and it works. That's even better. And, and free. <laughs> and it's free. No, we don't, oh don't my charge God, any people to come free. up here and do that. Wow. Easy, free, and good. You can ask yeah. more than that. We like no, that. No, in fact, most of our classes is free. Our, our, our excuse me, our classes are free that we have here at the shop. Um, we've gained so much from what we've done that, uh, you know, I, it's perfectly fine to offer that for free to someone else that it might be of benefit to them, you know. That's wonderful. Now, you also offer, I know Katrina uh, offers magical rites and things for people. She performs for people. What about you? Do you also offer magical uh, spells or things to help people on their path? Um, I don't offer spells no i don't um i will help people uh, you know one to one if they are having particular difficulties then i can offer something uh as far as me performing spells for other people i'd have to say the uh the making of the candles and the setting of the lights is probably as far as i go in a remote sense uh, if someone mm-hmm. is, is distance wise remote um you know, I just try to help people best discover the things that they can manifest in their lives that are best for them. Um, mm-hmm. I've never been a person to ask for that type of thing, and as it follows, I've never really been a person to just give that kind of thing. I like for people to bring that up in themselves, uh, and, and basically, you know, it helps those who help themselves, that type of thing. Uh, now, that's yes. not to say I won't tell someone everything I know or everything that I would do, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, trying to think of a good analogy here. Okay, All right, the stock market, okay? I'll tell you exactly what I'm buying, exactly what I'm selling. I'll tell you why I'm doing it. But I will never recommend to you to buy this particular stock or sell this particular stock. That's got to be on your own. You've got to make that decision, make that action yourself. Mm-hmm. Does that analogy play? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Okay. You got it. Now, you have fairies on your property, and you also offer a fairy candle. Do you have any oh, fairy yeah, stories yeah. you can share with us? Um, yeah, just a lot of missing things, yeah. <laughs> which just kind of seems like what, what fairies do, you know, um, uh, especially with... Now, I have a sweat lodge on my property, okay? I don't know if you ever experienced a sweat lodge before. Yes. Um, have uh-huh. you? Yes. Okay. 
So I have particular tools that I have in this sweat lodge, and sometimes those will go missing. Um, we have particular uh, banners and flags that we use in the quarters of some of our circles. Those will go missing, particular altar items. It's usually magical items that go missing. And the fairies on the property, you know, will find these things. Uh, we have a couple acres uh, up in the forest here, you know, so we'll find these things in the most unusual places and attribute them to the fairies. So we built a little... Uh, Athenian-looking Greek kind of temple out there to the fairies in the northeastern quadrant of our main circle area. And you, uh, we do have candles um, and incense that may help appease the fairies or at least get them to go away. Are those the ones you're referring to? Yeah, I mean, I I was wondering how do people use those candles? What's the purpose of them? And you're saying it's so they won't steal things from you. <laughs> the the energy of so the uh, yeah. FF fairies, okay, that's imbued in the candles and the incense. Uh, you know, we use mm-hmm. uh, oils and herbs that are particular to, yeah, just appeasing these fairies. You know, they're usually uh, money-related uh, or value-related uh, essential oils and herbs that would kind of tell the fairies that, hey, we're offering this to you in lieu of stealing my whatever it may be. <laughs> right. So, yeah, things disappear. You know that yeah, they we, have to be the implants because they take the thing that you cherish and disappear with it. Uh, they did that with my gold bracelets, and they were gone for about eight months. And all of a sudden, they showed up in the least the last place I would have ever put them. And now, six months after they returned, they've walked off with my mother's diamond earrings. And I cannot oh find God. them to save my soul. So I, I, once, to- yeah. I once lost my wedding ring for nine months, um, and I was I was just absolutely just tripping. I mean, I was totally like, this was a really that's a bad thing, right? Um, yeah. And found it in a change jar. You know, I mean, just weird stuff like that. We even have a placard that's engraved on it, it says "Don't piss off the fairies," and we have that out <laughs> near where this little fairy temple is. So they know that uh-huh. we're going to try not to piss them off, okay? <laughs> yeah. That makes them feel better, right? I don't want to yeah. say that at me. I just want you to keep my stuff alone. Yeah, even That's to so just funny. acknowledge well, their presence, I think they respect. Yeah. Katrina mentioned when she was on the air that uh, at one point the fairies had left a little tiny pair of shoes. And... She took the shoes, nice. and then, then all hell broke loose, she said, and she realized she wasn't supposed to take them. Yes. And she yeah. put them back. Yeah, tell us more about that. What happened? Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what kind of hell broke loose, and at present I, it, it's failing me, but I, I do remember uh, her coming in from the circle and showing me these shoes, these little, you know, slightly bigger than, uh, you know, Barbie doll shoes. And uh, found them near in the northeastern in the in the Manzanitas, I believe, and was just hey, this is interesting, and put it on one of our uh, displays in the house, and just a lot of things just were blocked up, just hard, you know, um, for her, uh, especially it was uh-huh. kind of a like she had affronted them directly, you know, I didn't have a part oh. in it, she just showed me the shoes, okay? Yeah. Oh, jeez, it was all on her. 
Yeah, you're right. So I'm, I'm totally inculpable in this. And, uh, yeah, she was having a hard time with a lot of things. Uh, I don't – I almost want to yell to her and ask her to tell me. But but suffice it to say, I mean, she did say, you know, hey, maybe I should return these. Maybe these weren't meant to come inside or, you know, whatever. Uh, and she brought them back out there, and, you know, things promptly resolved themselves. It was really yeah, – sorry, I don't have a lot of details on it. Yeah, no, that's okay. It's just I remember – the little shoes. Hey, remind her to send us a picture. She was supposed to send us a picture of those shoes, and I was going to put it on Facebook for everybody to see. So please ask her to go ahead and send us uh, the shoe picture. We'd love to see that. Oh, I that. definitely will. I definitely yeah, will. I think she's actually listening it. right now. Oh, good. Hey, Katrina, send us that photo. <laughs> so, yeah, because I know a lot of our listeners are asking, where's the photo? I'm like, oh. God, I never got it. So we've yeah, got to follow sure up it on it. didn't happen, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody wants to see the shoes. So anyhow, that'll be fun to see. So um, in terms of, again, getting back to creating your magical life, manifestation, what other tips do you have? We, I think we've really got the biggest piece here from you, which is keeping your primary directive in the front of your mind all the time. So this is something you don't really waver from, even when you're working in your business, taking care of your kids, that it's something that just is with you all the time. And that is the most important thing. And then of course, you've talked about the magical tools as helpful tools, keep our focus. What else? Well, I think another thing that may block a lot of people up, um, and it, it certainly has been a challenge for us in the, in the earlier years, uh, is the wanting, daring to dream, and then feeling as if you are actually deserving of what you dream. Okay, a lot of people, when they try to imagine what they want their life to be like, it kind of has a dark side balance of, do I really deserve that? Do I deserve mm-hmm. to be that happy? Do I deserve to be rich? You know, uh, do I deserve to be with this kind of mate and have this type of family, that kind of thing, this kind of house and car and whatnot? Uh, you know, it's, it's a very disempowering feeling uh, and definitely an energy killer when you feel like you have something that you are not rightly entitled to. Or that you have, uh, or you're desiring something that that you yourself do not feel your own worth welling up within, uh, commensurate to whatever it is that you want to to make manifest. That's a real, that's a real problem. You know, I don't believe yeah. that we were put here or brought here, or however it, however it happened, um, to just be stymied and flustered uh, and frustrated. Uh, at uh, not having the things that we want, okay? But there's a flip side to that, okay? So you want to you make sure you feel like you deserve the things that you're going to get because in reality you do kind of deserve a lot of the good and a lot of the bad that comes. Some things might seem like they are dealt out of turn uh, or in a particularly nasty way that you didn't deserve, but... I think if you were to take a look at the broader picture, and I mean this karmically speaking, um, all things do tend to happen in the right way and at the appointed hour. Um, So to really balance that, you want to make sure you live the kind of life that is truly honorable and beyond reproach. You know, uh, your word should be your bond. You should be an honest person. You should deal fairly with other people. 
You know, you should try to approach life and other people with a kind of serene equanimity that doesn't normally manifest itself on the freeways when we get cut off by somebody. You know, (laughs) you really want to try to be uh, a positive, a net positive influence on the world. You know, like... uh, what is it Dalai Lama says? Be the change you know you want to see. That type of thing. Uh, that sounds fine as a platitude, but it's a, it's a real thing. You mm-hmm. know, when you can add, be a net creditor uh, to the human condition, I believe those things come back to you and definitely bolster you with a feeling of genuine worth, uh, and uh, you know that you are definitely worthy of receiving the things that you receive, the good things in life. You know, and and can wish for that and want for that and work toward that without any feeling of guilt. You know, you got to remove the guilt. That's that's a really big thing. I see that holding back well, a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know yeah, when you were growing sure. up w- with your mom being strict Catholic, was the guilt thing a big deal in your household? Is that something that you had to deal with in your own consciousness? Um well, you know, the the guilt, I, well, I can tell you this, there was never, uh, I, I felt guilty for thinking of anything that might come close to contemplating the nature of God and Jesus Christ mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. the church. Absolutely. That was, uh, that was worth a whipping. I mean, like a little oh. whipping, okay? <laughs> gotcha. um, we had a very strict house, uh, and that just would not be tolerated. Now, I'll tell you, my, my mother was the, uh, the catechism instructor at the church. Oh, I so that, that came home with us. I mean, that was there was no escape from that. Um, <laughs> and she wasn't. She was a wonderful, loving mother. I mean, she wasn't. You know, abusive. My father took care of all that abuse stuff. Okay. Oh, okay. But there was definitely no room for thinking outside of that box. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there was definitely. I can tell some really, really. Terrible stories, but I, maybe I don't want to do that. But, um, yeah, there was a lot of what did you do to deserve this kind of guilt. Yeah, that was definitely there. That was definitely yeah. there. You don't know how good you have it, you know, if you were in some other family <laughs> or other situation, you'd be deserving of that. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. familiar. Yeah. Definitely a foundation <laughs> of not being okay. worse. <laughs> you know, and then and then my, my parents divorced when I was eight years old. Now I wasn't wow. even worth having a father. Okay, so that really, really hurt uh, the psyche to go from, you know, literally from a a solvent family, even though it was Mm -hmm. screwed up abusive, to be in the proverbial scared white kid in a black neighborhood of Los Angeles. Okay, Mm -hmm. so I mean, it was kind of a, you know, uh, everything was ripped from me and and that I internalized all that, you know, that that I was worthy. That's what happened, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, what that, that's a, that was a long road to get to get back mm-hmm. from that long road. Yeah. yeah, and the reason I wanted you to talk about it a little bit is to give people hope to understand that no matter what has happened to them in their terrible childhoods, and a lot of us had terrible childhoods, that there is still an opportunity to transcend all of it, as you have done. So it's oh. important, I think, for people to understand it's possible, it can be done, you've done it, and here you are today living your dream. It's It can happen, and I want to encourage everybody to understand that. And here with you, Eric, we have another wonderful example that this type of manifestation is possible. You've done it. Good for you. It is. It is the oh, only definitely. limiting factor is 
the person themselves. They're the only one that can tell themselves no. You know, once you, of course, once you're an adult, you know, no matter how bad it, it was or what happened to you, what other people did to you, what society did to you, or the man keeping you down, or however you want to, you know, got dealt a bad hand in life, you, at the end of the day, are the only one that can say yes or no to yourself. That's mm-hmm. really what it comes down to. Yes, exactly, exactly. So, again, that's a good thing that you're talking about right now, too, which is saying yes to yourself. It's so important, I think, when you're attempting to manifest something and you've got that primary directive and you say yes to yourself, you also have to listen for the no, right? You've got to find yes. out, is there a no in there? <laughs> there's, there's definitely, yeah. That's, and, and in the cusp process, that is the period of imbolc, okay, uh, the, the holiday of imbolc, which uh, means in the belly. You know, it's uh, sometimes visualized as a gestation period of an idea, so in the womb, okay? You don't quite know what it is, but you're getting signs that it's there, all right? And you want to listen to those signs to try to get an idea of what is actually there to be manifest. And it's in that period of contemplation as the light is slowly returning that we hear the no's and we hear the yeses, okay? And when mm-hmm. you hear the no's, you might not want to hear that. You might not want to hear that you got to slave away in this accounting job for another year and work on, you know, your weight loss or whatever it might be, whatever <laughs> other goals you have, okay? You know, the ones yeah. you don't really want to do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you've got to listen to that because when you hear that no, okay, from outside of yourself, not within yourself, you'll tell yourself no until you're until your grave, okay? But when you hear that no coming from outside, you want to pay attention because everything happens at the appropriate time, at the appointed hour, and for the right reasons, you know? So that's just your indication of, hey, this is not the right thing to be manifesting right now. You want to, you definitely want to pay attention. Now, in the cosmic spiritual tradition, yes, it does. Is there? Do you have a method for working with the shadow self? Because that sometimes is the part of you that's that's always kind of getting in the way or saying no, you don't deserve this, or some other form of, you know, basically negativity. My way of working with the shadow self uh, was born of deep meditation. Okay, mm-hmm. so you might have a first thought that comes into your mind, okay? It could be spontaneous, usually it's spontaneous. That first thought is closer to inspiration than any other thoughts that are going to occur. So you're not responsible for that very first thought, but you are responsible for the second one. And making yourself responsible for that second thought is going to put you in touch with the conscious, the subconscious, the shadow self, the unconscious, all those different parts of your being to try to understand where did that second thought come from Mm. and why did it arise immediately after this first thought because you have control over that second one. You know what I'm saying? Um, Even a person that, uh, you know, I like to use an example where, you know, you're walking down the street and you you see a, you know, a pretty lady and you're like, oh, wow, I wonder what that would be like. But you've been married for a long time. (laughs) You shouldn't be thinking those thoughts. That first thought, that first lustful thought, that's not your fault. But the second one is, okay, if you continue along that line of thinking, now you are adding your own volatile energy into that, 
Okay, uh-huh. and that's, it, it's in that control or lack of control of those uh, thoughts that come after that's going to reveal the nature of the shadow self to you. And that's how you, that, that's how I kind of communicate with it. Very cool. Yeah. That's so helpful. The first thought you get a slide, but the second thought you're in trouble. Yeah, you, you got it. Yeah, the first thought could, could come from outside of you. And you can, well, you can't really fault what comes from outside of you, but if you entertain it, it's the entertainment of the thought. And that it also gets a person really in touch with responsibility. You know, we have a really, we have a culture and a society that likes to abrogate their responsibility. Um, not so much in action, but definitely in thoughts. Okay, people don't want to be responsible for their thoughts. They, they don't want to be accountable to themselves uh, or to a, a higher self or a God or whatever for their thoughts. But that is really where everything comes from. That's where energy begins to move is with your thoughts. Okay, yes, you know, if so you true. look at how electricity itself works, okay, you know, everyone, well, not everyone, I mean, but it, it is known, let's say, uh, that the movement of current through a conductor with the electricity moving, generates an electromagnetic field. And that electromagnetic field radiates in all direction and is without terminus, okay, Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. theoretically to the ends of the universe, okay. Your thoughts are electrical current moving from neuron to neuron and synapse to synapse and generates an electromagnetic field. That's why an electroencephalograph works, right? Yes. And that energy is being put out there. You have to be responsible for the energy you put out there, even if it's just a thought that you keep to yourself and never once comes out of your mouth. That's still, right. you know, still and that us. when you, <clears throat> what's that? It's still on us. We And unfortunately, we have to wrap up, Eric. This has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, absolutely. This it's went been a pleasure. entirely too fast. This is so yes, great. Yes, Oh, my gosh, you've given us such great information, and I know people are going to take it to heart and work with it. And, again, everybody, website is CrossroadsOcult.com, and if you are in the area in California, go visit their beautiful shop. Next week, we'll be back with another show. We've got Ken Gerhard, the star of the new Travel Channel show about cryptids, and he's going to tell us what's been happening with Mothman, Wolfman, Dogman, Bigfoot, everybody you want to know about. He's here to talk about it next week. So until then, we'll see you on the Blue Highway. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Take care. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another radio adventure with Supernatural Girls. That was awesome. Oh, absolutely. My pleasure. I'm sorry. I wish I had a uh, – I kept a clock in front of me or something like that, so I'd know it's getting toward the end. So not oh, to okay. leave people on the precipice of some physics discourse <laughs> and then be like, all right, time to go. Yeah, I know. That's that right. Now they have to contact every you. Every show. I know. Really, we have to have you back. 
This is great fun, and please, our love to Katrina. Uh, let her know that we're thinking of her also, and we would love to have you both back. This has really been fun. Oh, good. Yes, I'm is. glad. I had a blast. Thank you very much for considering me for uh, for your show. Oh, all Wonderful. the time. Well, you're a great guest, as is your wife, so we're going to have to have you. But maybe, maybe we should have them both back at the same time, PK. What do you think? Oh, that could be interesting. We're not going that to the be ping pong match. That might be fun. That'd be fun. Well, thanks again, Eric, and you have a good rest of your evening. We'll talk again soon. All right, you too. Good night. Good night, PK. I'll have her send you those pictures, okay? Yeah, thank (laughs) you. All right. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.